0: So pivoting now to our text this morning, I want to talk to you a a little bit about giving up. Um, So many of you may have like gone through life and wanted to go through seasons of giving up. I think I've mentioned like this whole work phenomenon going on right now called quiet quitting, where people are essentially like giving up on work a little bit and uh, trying to give themselves more margin. Some of us, we want to give up. When things get hard, and some of you might be more prone to that than others, some of our personalities just make us more prone to want to give up more easily when things get difficult. You may have felt like giving up after you've like tried to tell your middle schooler to clean their room over and over and over again, and it's not getting happening. Or you may have felt like giving up on a work project that you just can't seem to get right or a problem you're trying to solve. It's easy. It's easy. want to give up when things get hard and sometimes I think we wonder if um, Jesus doesn't feel the same way about us sometimes like we kind of go through our life and we we know we're supposed to follow after Jesus. We know we're supposed to follow faithfully, but we find ourselves messing up again and again. We find ourselves stuck in the same sins and problems again and again. And even though we like confessed yesterday, we find ourselves committing the same sin again today, whatever that might be. We often are people with the struggles that we deal with over and over again. And we wonder if God doesn't want to give up sometimes on us or maybe you've gone through a particularly challenging time or difficult season in your life and you've wondered has God given up a little bit on me you have that recurring prayer request that God doesn't ever seem to care about he seems silent and doubt creeps in your heart and you question his love has he given up on you? Has he cast you aside? And as we turn to Luke chapter 9, once again this morning, in we're going to encounter a Savior who does not give up. We're going to see that Jesus is the King. He is the Savior. That what he commits to, he completes. That what he starts, he finishes. And that He is so determined to complete his purpose that he will not relent. And we're going to see that his love for us and his love for the world is patient as he accomplishes his purpose. So grab your Bible. If you haven't already, turn to Luke chapter 9. We're going to look at just verses 51 through 56 this morning. This is what God's word says. When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he determined to journey to Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead of himself, and on the way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But they did not welcome him because he determined to journey to Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come before you again this week, another week, and we ask that you would do exactly what we sang, that you would make Jesus better than every sorrow, than every suffering, than every joy, than every victory Would you make our hearts believe, Lord Christ, that he is better? Father, would you convict us by your spirit, encourage us with your word, and would you point to your son in Jesus' name? Amen. So we're going to look at three different things. Three different things we're going to see in our text today. And the first is a determination. A determination. Right in verse 51, Jesus, it says this. Um, When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he determined to go to journey to Jerusalem. And I want us to see several things here about Jesus. And the first is simply that his determination is really focused. Jesus is focused on the mission he came to accomplish. It says he determined. Jesus isn't haphazard about what he came here to do. He's not haphazard about his mission to the cross. He is not a reluctant savior kind of dragging his feet towards what he came here for. No, he was focused, laser focused on what the father had planned for him. And he was determined to go to Jerusalem to accomplish all that he set out to do some versions might say he set his face toward Jerusalem. He looked there and he began to journey to that place. In a world where we often take the path of least resistance, we're a lot like water that way sometimes, um, where we don't like resistance and we try to get around it, Jesus is focused on taking the difficult path. He's focused on doing the hard things, the things he needs to do. He never relents. He never wavers. He never questions. He's focused on his mission and he is determined to accomplish it. Jesus' determination is focused. His determination is also really gritty. As I mentioned, um, he would have to work through immense difficulty and suffering. He would have to do really hard things. It was a determination that was going to literally sap everything out of him. He would be so anxious, so pressured, so, so feeling the weight of everything he was supposed to do that he would pray to the Father to take this cup away. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. He was so determined that he sweat drops of blood. He felt every emotion that we feel. He felt the weight of this challenge and he decided to go toward Jerusalem. We love underdog stories, don't we? we love a good story of someone overcoming adversity, overcoming or doing the seemingly impossible, right? It's why we, we gather around televisions and radios when the first man walked on the moon. It's why we vote for presidents and politicians often with the best story, right, from their past. And it's why we love stories. We love stories like Abraham Lincoln who came from nothing and rose to becoming president. We love these kind of gritty, real stories. We love the Olympian that, that, that came from, from the unlikely part of the country and rose to prominence and is skilled in what they do. We love underdog stories. We love stories because there's something that resonates deep inside of us that longs for a better story. And we love the kind of gritty determination. And I would say that that gritty determination echoes the grit and the love that Christ had. It was a determination that would lead him to the most unlikely place, It would involve a cross. And a crown of thorns. It would lead him to those places. That God in his plan. Set forth this. To redeem the world. And Jesus would march towards that. Hebrews in one of my favorite verses. Says that for the joy that was laid before him. Jesus endured the cross. Despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured hard things. It was a gritty, real determination that he would have to endure. And the reason he would endure it is because of joy on the other side. And that joy was you and me, his people. He endured the cross. He persevered through it. His determination is that strong that he would, he would just be so bent on accomplishing it. And for the joy of having us, he would be determined to go to Jerusalem. Gritty love that was willing to suffer for us. Many of us wonder if Christ really loves us, like in his deepest core of his being. And what we have here in Luke, and what we have in this Hebrews passage, what we have in the whole of our Bibles is evidence over and over and over again that he is determined to accomplish his purpose and that he loves us. Jesus' determination was focused, gritty, and it was also to glory. Notice what Luke says in this passage, that when the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, Luke and Jesus' focus were not only on the cross, were not only on the suffering. But they were on to what was on the other side of that. That when he was taken up. That is his, his resurrection and his ascension. Jesus was focused on glory. He was focused on accomplishing his mission. To be ascended to the right hand of the father. Where he would rule and reign. And where he currently rules and reigns. Over this world and over his church. And this glory would come through suffering. Jesus was determined to accomplish the Father's plan. He was determined to suffer. He was determined to die. He was determined to rise. And he was determined to ascend to his rightful rule. He is t- determined to accomplish his purpose. But in his determination, we see a second thing in our text this morning. And that is, we see a rejection. We see a rejection. So Jesus, in his determination sets out toward Jerusalem. He starts he starts moving towards it. Now before we go much further, I want you to know that this passage here in your Bible is is the pivotal turning point in Luke. This this section here is like the is the break between section 1 and section 2 of the Gospel of Luke. Where where Jesus moves from ministry in Galilee and he'll move toward Jerusalem. And the whole tone of the book begins to shift here in Luke. Where we had lots of miracles. Seemingly overwhelming amount of miracles. In, in the first part of Luke. In the first nine chapters. We're going to now s- switch. There will still be miracles. But there will be more teaching. More parables. As Jesus sets his heart toward Jerusalem. And he's on his quest to Jerusalem. We see that he chooses to go down towards Samaria. The text says he sent messengers ahead of himself. And on the way. They entered a village. Of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. Jesus sends his people out. Presumably. To make arrangements. For where he would sp- sp- stay the night. Where he would sleep. Where he, where he would eat. When you go on vacation. You don't just like. Like show up at the airport that day. Buy your tickets. Hope to get a hotel room in your destination. Maybe go out to eat. Maybe you do. And if you do, God bless you. Um, I couldn't live that way. Um, but most of us, we go to like booking.com or Priceline or whatever. And we, we look for our flights. We search out our hotels. We pick out our favorite food and breweries and, or wherever we want to go. We plan our trips out. Well, well, the disciples here, they're like kayak.com for Jesus. And he sends them off. Go find me a place to stay. Find me a place to sleep. And they go make their plans. And notice that this goes exactly with what Jesus instructed his disciples to do earlier in Luke 9, which feels like forever ago in our teaching. But he told them, whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. So Jesus does exactly what he tells his disciples to do. He's told his disciples when he sent them out, hey, go into a village, stay with some people when you're there. And and leave from there. So Jesus is planning to do the exact same thing, and it's just like I think a neat aside, Jesus does the same things he asked his disciples to do. He is wonderfully consistent that way. He practices the things he preaches. And I'm just encouraged by that. He's not a hypocrite. He doesn't ask us to do things he's not willing to do himself. He's humble. And he calls us to follow in the same way, to be humble. And so he sends his disciples there, find me a place to stay. But then, and that means going to Samaria. And you might look at this map and say, well... Don, it makes sense that Jesus would go to Samaria because after all, if you can't see it, Galilee is up here, Jerusalem is down there and it seems like the fastest way to get from Nazareth or Galilee to Jerusalem is to go through Samaria. And I would say you're right, that is the fastest way. But the other thing you might not know is the amount of hostility between the Jewish people at the time and the Samaritans is so strong that most people would take a trip and add time around Galilee or around Samaria to Jerusalem. It would be like us trying to skip over Massachusetts because we don't want to have to go there, right? Like, and so they, they, planned, they would typically plan their way around it, but Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus goes right through Samaria because it doesn't matter. What hostility there is. People might not have been willing to go to Samaria. But Jesus was. Because Jesus is willing to go to the places in his determination to accomplish his purpose. He is willing to go to the places that no one else is willing to go. He's willing to go to the hated, the despised, the rejected, the ostracized, the thought low of, the scorned. He's willing to get close to the people that no one else will get close to. Because Jesus is not repulsed. In the very people that are often seen as a hindrance towards normal journey, Jesus sees as part of his very mission. He will go to those places. This is our Savior. This is who Jesus is. He will do whatever it takes, go to wherever needs to be gone to. Because he cares. There's no people. There's no person too despised or rejected for Jesus. There's no one too lost. If you feel like you're sitting in your sin. And you feel too lost from Jesus. We see once again in this passage. That there is no one too lost. For our Savior. And he chooses to go to Samaria. Because his purpose includes even them. But it turns out. That Samaria isn't that keen about having Jesus. Verse 53 says, but they did not welcome him because he determined to journey to Jerusalem. Jesus is rejected. He's rejected because of where he's going. Jesus was rejected in Galilee too. And now he's rejected here. And in spite of his willingness to meet the Samaritans right where they were, he is rejected. And I think it's kind of telling. And I think it's kind of informative for us that if our savior was rejected sometimes, we're going to be rejected sometimes too. It shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't throw us off. Jesus after all was doing all of these miracles, right? If you remember, he's he's brought dead people back to life, he's healed people like by the masses He's gone after the low people in society and brought them up. And he's still rejected. And there's something about that that says if we're following our Savior faithfully, we might be rejected too. And most of us are probably not healing people and raising people back to life. So it shouldn't surprise us. And Jesus isn't surprised by his rejection either. But James and John, they're not, they're not as um, thrilled with that rejection, which leads to our last point, a suggestion. Samaritans reject Jesus. James and John have an idea. They say, when the it says right there, I forget what verse it is, verse 54, um, when the disciples... Uh, James and John saw this they said Lord do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them and I love the humanity in all this because they're really ripped and they're really honest with Jesus they get rejected and they're like Lord can we just you know fire and brimstone let's go let's just call down fire obliterate this anyone else ever feel like James and John just me just me and uh, but but notice that Jesus says no. And it turns out that this, they're not just making this up out of nowhere. There's a story in the Old Testament in the first half of your Bible where Elijah calls down fire from heaven upon two groups of 50 men in Samaria. So they're asking for a repeat of that. The disciples are ready for judgment. They're ready for God to open up a can on Samaria. But notice what it says, but he that is Jesus turned and rebuked them and they went to another village. Jesus rebukes them. The disciples don't get it again. Because you see the way of Jesus was about rescue and he was not done with Samaria yet. He was not done with his mission yet. They didn't understand what Jesus was out to do. And some of you might have a little note in the bottom of your, on the bottom of your page it, because there was, in some of our manuscripts of this passage, there exists a note from scribes and, and they wrote down this simple note that, Jesus, that the way of Jesus wasn't to destroy people's lives but to save them. That is the little note that they wrote. And you see, This is exactly right, because Jesus is on a mission to save. He's on a mission of rescue. And he told his disciples that, hey, when you go to a town and they reject you, just shake off the dust from your sandals and move on. That's a symbol of judgment. Because Jesus came out to save and he's willing to give space for people to change their beliefs about Jesus. He's willing to give space in the rejection that someday they might come back to Jesus. He is so focused on his mission. The way of Jesus isn't to destroy but to save. The disciples don't know this, but Jesus, he rebukes them and he just moves to another town. Just keeps moving to another town. Okay, they reject me. We're just going to keep moving to another town. Because here's the thing. A lot of people initially reject Jesus, right? Maybe that was you. First time you heard about Jesus, you, you may have been like, eh, I don't need him right now. But just because people initially reject Jesus doesn't mean they always will. Sometimes the rejection is what actually precedes the acceptance. And in our own, like sharing of the gospel with others, as we try to participate in the mission of Jesus with him, like we can sometimes hear rejection and think that that's final. But in the story of God, there is still space for people to respond to Jesus. We don't know what God will have planned with those people that we interact with. And we just got to learn like James and John to give space for God to act. We can see this throughout church history. Many of you will know the story of El- Elizabeth Elliot, who is, uh, she married a guy named Jim Elliott, and they together felt a calling to these missionaries in, in the jungle of Ecuador. And when they flew there, her husband was speared to death by the Indian tribe. But, and the indigenous peoples there saw him as a threat. But she would not give up on that mission And later, those same people would eventually come to faith in Jesus. Because we don't know the beginnings from the end like God does. We think a rejection might be final, but it might just precede the acceptance. And we don't know what God is up to. And when we get to the book of Acts, if we were to like turn over a couple books in our Bibles... And look at Acts chapter 1. We would see that the glory that Jesus determined to go to Jerusalem for, the ascension, actually happens. That that the glory he set his face toward actually comes through and he ascends to heaven. And as he's doing it, we see this in Acts Chapter one, this famous verse, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and where? Samaria in the ends of the earth. And if we fast forwarded to Luke or to Acts chapter eight, we would see that the gospel goes to Samaria and that they believe. Because Jesus is so patient in his mission for people and he is so focused on his mission when the disciples are ready to give up on samaria jesus just keeps trucking with the mission that god gave him and god eventually saved many samaritans And the very people that rejected Jesus will become the people that accept him. And they have signs of the Holy Spirit poured out on them. Because here's the thing with Jesus. He is so determined to accomplish his purpose in the world. He is so determined to accomplish his mission. He will not let up. He will not relent. And he will give space. And this is great news. Because you have a Savior who's patient and you have a savior who's working. You have a savior who goes to the most rejected people and turns them into the people that follow him. This is our Jesus. He turns enemies into sons and daughters. This is what God does. And it's good news as we share the gospel with our neighbors. It's good news as we, try to live as light in a dark world, that Jesus is so bent on accomplishing his purpose, so heaven-bent on fulfilling his purpose, that he will. And this is good news for us as individuals too. As people who struggle, Jesus is so focused on accomplishing his purpose and his mission and his plans for us. He will go to the places nowhere else can go. He will save those furthest from him. He will hold on to those who can barely hold on themselves. This is our Jesus. Who doesn't require us to meet a certain standard. But to accept his goodness. And to accept his work. We have a patient and persistent king. Determined to accomplish his purpose. For you. And for his church, and he will not let go. So, no matter what you face in your life, no matter the seasons of change that you go through, of sorrow and joy, no matter the doubts and the waverings that you have, you have a Savior who will not let go. He is determined to go to Jerusalem, and he is determined to hold you close, and he is determined to come back. And as you live in the world, you have a God and a savior who will not let this go. No matter what sufferings or sorrows or challenges you face, he will accomplish his purpose. He does not stop until it is done.